0: Your weekend begins in Crystal Palate's Wine Country with Sommelier, Crystal, Cameron, Shad. Every week, Crystal takes your palate on a journey from the vineyard to the glass and opens your mind to the endless choices that await your next sip. Uncork your passion starting now on your trip through wine country on Seabill 107.5 and 1260 WCHV.
1: Show. Thanks so much for stopping by. As we begin another year filled with that laundry list of resolutions, I say we should make one we can actually stick with for a change. The statistics are crazy about how few of us actually keep our New Year's resolutions. So I say, let's get out of our wine ruts and explore new terroir in 2017. Whether it's checking out that local winery you've been meaning to go to, or perhaps uh, popping a cork on a bottle of sparkling Malbec, there are so many options to choose from. There is a whole world of intriguing and tasty offerings at virtually every price point. To help enlighten us in our quest to be a more diverse taster in 2017 is my friend and fellow sommelier, Tina Morey. Hey, Tina. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank
2: you, Crystal. Happy New Year, everyone.
1: Happy New Year. Can't believe another year has come and gone. I know. 2017. We're getting older. Ah, yeah. A little bit, I know. <laughs> we just have to laugh at that, right? There you so, go. you know, well, like wine, you know, we're getting better with age. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use mm-hmm. that.
2: Okay. Open up that second bottle. Yes.
1: Yep. Well, Tina uh, is, a, is the owner and the host of Wine Studio. It's a Twitter based wine education program, and it's literally changing the way that people think about and consume wine. Oh gosh, it really is. I hope so. You trend weekly. Do we? You do on I hate Tuesday that nights. Word too. I know. I know. I and we're going to get that. into that. We're going to get into the word trend here yeah. in just a minute. Yeah. But Tina spent more than twenty years in the wine and food industry. She's a pastry chef, and uh, let's be honest, it's really nice to have a pastry chef in our lives. I get spoiled with lots of great treats. I want more in twenty seventeen. By the yes. way, yes,
2: yes, that was my resolution. Yeah.
1: as long Absolutely. as they're fat free, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. But and totally if that. you're drinking wine with it, the calories don't count.
2: Exactly. That's what they I heard. They negate each other.
1: Yes. So we really want to focus the first segment of today's show on, uh, wine trends. We're going to use that word lightly here for (laughs) 2017. Uh, I know Tina, I know we've talked about it before and the word trend is kind of, shall I say dysfunctional in a way? You know that's a great word for it. Yeah, it's it's misleading I think mm-hmm. too for uh, for
2: for both ends of the spectrum for consumers and then for for those who are making wine. Yeah,
1: and I think if you look at you know especially from a consumer uh, perspective, you it's all marketing at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like two years ago, oh, it's the summer of rosé. Mm-hmm. Well, rosé has been enjoyed for decades, right? Yes. People yes. have really enjoyed it, if not yeah. longer. Uh, but it's been really a hot, hot thing for the past couple of years. But I think it's—I uh, think the word intention is a much better way of, or discovery or rediscovery is kind of a better way of looking at yeah. uh, wine. Because let's face it, those with the deepest pockets for marketing, those are what's going—that's what's going to trend in the marketplace
2: for the most part. Yeah, I believe that. Sure. Yeah.
1: So. You do run a wine education Twitter, uh, program, and you are really kind of, you've got your, you've got your, um, pulse, if you will, on the hottest things in wine. Cause you talk to so many amazing, uh, people in the industry, winemakers, tastemakers, uh, in, in, both the spirits as well as the wine industry. And they've got some exciting programs. We're going to take a deep dive on wine studio in a few minutes, but let's talk a little bit about what regions are really exciting you right now. What's, um, virtually most of the wine is making, is making wine for the most part. Yes, yes, And that's something that a lot of people really, uh, I think the average consumer doesn't even think about that because there's maybe that one, two, or three go-to bottles they go to every time at the sure, grocery store. Absolutely. So they kind of get stuck in their rut, but yep. we are producing world-class wines in so many regions across the globe. So let's talk a little bit about some exciting regions for you right now.
2: You know, I, I think what we we tend to forget is that nothing is invented. But we're just rediscovering things. Um, so for me, it, you know, it's funny. I've been getting rid of a lot of things and purging a lot of stuff in, in my home, and I have a lot of paperwork from when I first um, got into wine and before I actually started studying. I used to. Go ahead and look through magazines, and then cut out. I mean, that's you know, that's old school. right? jeez. Kind of like almost to, like the dream boards, or uh, like the you know, <laughs> treachery, <laughs> treachery write, yeah. treasure books. I used to get my little trusty knife and, and cut out articles. But I, I was flipping through, and one of the first articles that I cut out was on the Anderson Valley. Wow, I know, right? Okay. How, when was the last time you heard of, of Anderson Valley? So, yeah, there's a lot of wine going on in the Anderson Valley. And I think what a lot of people don't know is people assume that, oh, you know, it's California, it's it's hot. No, it's Mm -hmm. one of the coolest, or if not the coolest region in California. So, I'm going to be rediscovering, for me personally, Anderson Valley.
1: And, Tina, you know, you spent some time in California, lived in San Diego for a while, you're now based in the coastal Virginia area. And uh, so you've seen a lot of the evolution of the wine, for lack of a better word, trends in California. Mm. And we've, you know, over the past twenty or thirty years, we've seen a, um, we've seen kind of the spectrum, especially with the reds. People just associate uh, California wines with these big, robust wines, which is true. But when you're talking about Anderson Valley mm-hmm. and even parts like Carneros, we have those mm. smaller microclimates. Yeah. That people yeah. really don't think about.
2: I, absolutely, and a lot of Alsatian um, mm-hmm. varieties. You're, yeah. and
1: don't use the word varietal, people, please. It's variety. <laughs> variety. That's your variety. lesson for the day. Take that Thank away you. from today.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so there's there's a lot going on there. Um, a lot of great wineries that I think we tend to forget, um, but um, some good things happening in Anderson Valley. So again, so I'm going to be I'm going to be personally I'm going to be visiting Anderson Valley a lot. This okay, two thousand seventeen.
1: So that's one of your wine attentions for the U.S. I know you've talked yeah. a little bit. You went to Vermont Taste Camp last year. Oh my god! Yeah,
2: so hopefully I'm hoping you know, fingers crossed we we'll get um, um, Vermont on the on the program this year. But yeah, so the whole cool climates
1: or actually cold climate. Gosh, Vermont! I think they're under like two feet of snow at, at the moment. I saw one of um, I saw one of the posts. Was it from um, what vineyard was it that posted on the Wine Studio program recently? It was under snow. It was completely obviously it's dormant time. It's winter, but the entire vineyard was under snow. Oh, in Vermont, uh, from I,
2: I uh, may, perhaps, uh, perhaps, like, probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, and, that's why um, vines survive because of that dormancy. Exactly, because uh, you know, it, it gets kind of humid and hot and whatever in the summer. So yeah, um, so. That's going to be, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be exploring more mm-hmm. of the hybrid varieties and more of the cold, hardy, cold mm-hmm. climate varieties this year. Sure.
1: And, and I think what's um, interesting that a lot of people may be listening right now that may not know is that, believe it or not, all 50 states in the Union produce wine. Yes. And that's something that now can't say it's all quaffable. I'm sure there's some good wine yeah. in every locale, but, yeah. you know, it may not, maybe... You fruit know, wine, fruit wine, right? Wine. It may not be your particular yes. taste, but we are producing wine in all 50 okay. states. And, you know, when we look at the East Coast, we really are in our infancy, if you will, compared to yes. the West Coast. Yes. Um, but, you know, we're doing remarkable things in Virginia. You've got the Finger Lakes of New York, a lot of different hotspots in New York, yep. Vermont now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland's kind of coming mm-hmm. into its own. So it's New kind Jersey, of. New Jersey? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Pennsylvania? Yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot.
1: It's pretty fascinating. So I know one of the talking about uh, wine intentions or resolutions is really, I hate to say it, but drink more. Try new things, right? Explore. I mean, really explore. And if you, there's, you know, so many varieties out there. There's so many regions producing wine. Whatever your budget is, like, just go out and explore and try new things. You'll be grateful for it, I think, in the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, go to your your local retail shop and say, hey, I heard on wine studio
1: or that, crystal palace wine country. Crystal
2: palace <laughs> country that i should be tasting this wine do you have right, it and if they right. don't they will certainly get it sure.
1: i think that's another a great tip from a consumer perspective is that if there's something you've heard about mm-hmm. and maybe you can't find it at the grocery store mm-hmm. make friends with your local wine retailer Oh heck yeah! they have access to wines they have portfolios now a wine shop is only so big you can't mm-hmm. completely you know stack your shelves with mm-hmm. 10,000 selections that they can order things for you so if you want to try something coming
2: coming from the retail having a retail business for you know six years yes. yes yes
1: and yes. people ask for it, we get it. Ask, 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 ask away. So we talked a little bit about, obviously, the United States and some trends uh, with Anderson Anderson Valley. And I know you're cringing because I use the word trend again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Anderson Valley and then Vermont. And actually, right now, we're sipping on um, a Michael Schapp's Petit Uh We're sipping on, the I believe, the 2014 Honoli Vineyard wine. I uh, thought it would be a nice little sipper while we're having our conversation. Yum. And, uh, yeah, Michael, Yum. <laughs> this wine is really nice. And okay. Tina Tucker, I mean, uh, for you, for those of you just listening in, uh, Petit um it hails from the Jurançon region mm-hmm. of southwest France, just yep. south of Bordeaux. And it's a really unique white grape variety, but it's doing very, very well in Virginia. And it yes. doesn't grow very well in many parts of the world outside of Jurançon.
2: Very true. Very true. It's, you know, it's a gorgeous wine. You know, looking at it right now, it's kind of that, a beautiful golden hue in... Um, for those who are kind of geeky, you know, you stick your nose in the glass and you think, "Gosh, this has some age on it." Um, it doesn't necessarily. It's a 2014, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's it's a stunning, stunning wine, and it's the gosh, I mean, just the the, the sense that on the nose, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, you're the, much better at this than I am. Oh Kirsten,
1: no, but. no, I mean, it's just got that really nice tropical, lush note. Um, you're talking a little bit about that lanolin kind of waxy uh, characteristic, which is really intriguing. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. On a blind tasting, if I was doing a blind tasting mm-hmm. on this, on, on the uh, visual alone, I would think it's probably a little bit older because of that the color of it. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. is this gorgeous golden hue to it. And uh, the Wall Street Journal recently, I think a week or two ago, Letty Teague uh, wrote about five of her favorite Virginia uh, wines, and this came in one of her top five. Awesome. So uh, so check this out. Uh, Petit Men should be on your list this year. Yeah. For a long time in Virginia, we've been doing the uh, the winemakers have been doing dessert versions of petit manseng. Yep. But Michael Schapps and uh, I believe Horton were kind of the trend um,
2: oh, yeah. setters, right. if yes. you will,
1: uh, in producing a dry style petit manseng. So that should definitely be on your wine bucket list this year. Uh, supporting your local wineries as well Uh, we're going to take a quick break and on the other side i want to take a deep dive into wine studio Um, there's a lot of great benefits for uh, the people in the wine industry as well as uh, everyday uh, wine consumers so stay with us you're listening to crystal pallets wine country on sieve 107.5 and 1260 WCHV.
0: wine studio understanding our world through wine and our part in that world Wine Studio is a Twitter-based beverage education program produced by certified sommelier Tina Mori, who's worked in the food and wine industry for over 20 years. Wine Studio is grassroots marketing for beverage brands, regional organizations, PR firms, all who would like to reach millions each weekly session. Wine Studio also benefits tasting participants who meet winemakers, taste exciting wines, and become involved with beverage cultures from all over the world. Follow the Twitter hashtag Wine Studio. That's hashtag Wine Studio. Tuesdays, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and join the conversation. For more information, visit winestudiotina.weebly.com.
1: back to the show. Thanks so much for staying with us. We are uh, talking with Tina Mori today. Tina is a friend of mine. She's also a fellow sommelier, and she is owner and host of Wine Studio. And a little bit earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, wine trends for 2017. And if you're just joining us, we, uh, we were talking about trends a little bit because the word trend in and of itself, we hear it with so no, – no matter what industry you're in, you tend to hear that word. But it's so – hot and then it's not so it does put a lot of pressure on consumers and winemakers am i drinking the it thing am i growing the it thing and i think the perfect example of this is uh the movie sideways and right. probably most of you listening have seen that movie and poor merlot
2: yeah hashtag bring merlot
1: back Jeez, yes oh my god
2: but but that's, that's what happens. That's what and happens, yeah. That's why yeah. I hate that word.
1: And so that's just a, an example. Like yeah. if you're just tuning in, why the word trend is very, you know, you got to be careful with how it's how it's used. And obviously it's definitely a marketing plug. But we really want to focus on discovery and rediscovery. With so many regions in the world to explore and so many varieties to explore, uh, Wine Studio does a really fantastic job of doing that. You really bring people uh you really help explain the process of winemaking, the place, the culture. I know culture is a big thing you talk about with Wine Studio.
2: Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's everything. It's your region. Um, you know, it, it's not just about the wine. It's about the food. It's the art scene. And what are people doing there? Why do I want to go there? tourism? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Tourism is... Tourism is money. I'm sorry. Absolutely. uh, And and a a region that that relies on it, um, wine can't just do it. It has to be everything. It's all-encompassing.
1: I know I participated in one of the programs last year on Umbria, and that was just a fantastic program. And uh, the wines and the food, and and, and, it made me want to go. And I think that's the fantastic thing about it. now we
2: have a place to go, too. You know, Mm -hmm. we we do. Um, Giselle Stafford um, owns a company, a, a tourism company there in Umbria, and she said, "Anytime you guys want to come, just come, just just yeah. call me." Yeah.
1: So let's talk about Wine Studio in and of itself. It's been going on for about three years now. You're just celebrated your third yeah, year anniversary, about, yeah. yeah, right, uh-huh. roughly. Uh, so talk about the concept, how it was started, and what your you know main focus of Wine Studio is. So. Uh-
2: you know, from the get-go, uh, the main focus was to get some really cool wines in front of tasters. That's basically what it was. And of course, I was in San Diego. It was all about um, San Diego folks. But it, a strange thing happened when we started getting some um, some reps calling and saying, "Hey, we we want to get my or our wines or my my uh, wineries in front of you. Can we do that?" And I said, "Well, well, heck, sure." Because in the beginning, I was paying. I was paying for every single wine we had on the program. Um, little did I know that people would start paying me
1: for it. So yay me! That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> we'll take gosh. it. We'll we'll uh, drink to that. So yeah. here you go. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to three years. So and
2: and now. Um, it, Folks are actually paying to to participate, which mm-hmm. is nice. It, it, you know what, in, in the scheme of things, Crystal, it, it's not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's just the amount of money for me to you know to, to bring people more and new exciting things. I don't always have a sponsor. Um, it's not because people don't want to sponsor. It's because one month or two months, I don't want to do that. I right. just want to do something completely crazy. And having that little cushion allows me to do so.
1: And I think that's really the, uh, you have this amazing flexibility with this program to explore things that you want to explore, to bring certain um, things to the forefront to be recognized. Uh, Because so often it's, uh, you know, when you look at whether it's champagne or Prosecco, or really any any big wine brand, if you will, it's the marketing dollars that really get those elevated, and Correct. a lot of people aren't having the deeper conversations about. We did a um, we were up in D.C. for the Prosecco Superiore yes. tasting, yes. and it was really quite amazing when you actually have a chance to taste ten Prosecco side by side, and they make vintage Prosecco, and mm-hmm. they um, the qualities that are coming from these single vineyard estates. There's so much more to and, and I'm just using Prosecco for an example. Right. There's so many conversations to be had, and oftentimes I think as a, a general consumer that's going to the grocery store, that you know, you're interested in wine or you wouldn't be listening to the show, right? So you want to learn more about wine, but you don't really know where to start sometimes. Right. So Wine Studio really gives people that opportunity, too, to explore new ter- territory.
2: It does, too, and, and you don't necessarily have to be on Twitter. We do have a, a Facebook um, group, so please, mm-hmm. you know, go there. It's just hashtag Wine Studio, and, and everybody's allowed in. So but,
1: so the show runs, but uh, you do it every Tuesday night, every first Tuesday of all, night. 9 p.m. Eastern time. Correct. Yep. And it's an hour-long program. Yes. And essentially what you try to do, it's about a four-week progressive education into that one particular area, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, we eat, breathe, drink, and and discuss um, the brand, the winery, the importer, whomever it is that Mm -hmm. that we're discussing that month. Yeah.
1: So who participates as far as uh, individual contributors? Can anyone kind of jump on and follow the hashtag Wine Studio for the, um, how do you get the wine? Like, talk a little bit about that.
2: I mean, anyone can jump on. It's a free hashtag. Mm -hmm. Um, There are particular participants who have paid the money to, to get wines. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 2K. I think last year it was two, 2 plus K worth of wine alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just asking for just a small to- token amount. Um, so, so yeah, the thing, I think the thing is that with, with brands is that the main goal is to get the, the most out of their marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. And Wine Studio has provided a niche market for that. Um, it's not very expensive, and yet you're reaching millions of people each week. And the Evergreen product is, is on Twitter, obviously. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on any imaginable social media channel that people are using. So you're, 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 running, you're, you're getting the entire package for a small amount of money.
1: And I've participated uh, several months over the past couple of years as well, and I know last year, for example, Ferrari uh, Trento out of uh, Italy yeah. uh, participated in the program, and uh, they provided uh, six bottles, I believe, of sparkling, and so it was a four-week progressive conversation talking about things, talking right. about pairings, and it was a really nice group of um, individuals from you know bloggers that are just kind of getting their feet wet in the wine industry to... Right. Very prolific wine writers across the yeah. globe, yeah. Um, so you really have that international reach with Wine Studio, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a, and it's a nice way to you know to meet people, to learn about new wines. But from say um, you know we obviously air in the heart of Virginia wine country. Mm-hmm. We have nearly 280 wineries now, so we've got a lot of uh, wineries here. So if you wanted to kind of make a pitch, if you will, to the local market, how does Wine Studio benefit them? So say if there's like a wine consortium or a group of wines that wanted to elevate Virginia wine in this international discussion, uh, talk a little bit about what the benefits grassroots would be for them.
2: Right. I I think where it helps is that because of my experience in the food and wine industry, um, I'm able to get their message across. What's cool about the program is that um, they agree to the program, and then we talk about their goals and wants and desires and everything, and then I write a program. And for the most part, I do everything, and all they need to do is show up. So what other program or marketing program are you going to get that? And these are proven results. A lot of people ask me, well, you know, is there an uptick in sales? Or what is there? I'm like, well, actually, yes, there mm-hmm. are. Um, it may not come right away. It may come four six months later because that's just the nature of it all, but it does happen.
1: And what you do just real quickly, you ask yep. the participants that are part of the, that, that get the samples, that get mm-hmm. to taste the wine and discuss the wines yes. that actually have them. Um, you do ask them to write an article or a blog post. So that actually extends the reach.
2: Correct, yeah, and, and as I said before, it's, it's on most social media cha- channels. It's on Vivino, it's mm-hmm. on Delectable, uh, you know, um, Instagram, everything. So it, it covers all the bases, and there's pictures as well on Instagram, so it, it's a win-win for everybody. It, it's a win-win for participants who get the wine. It's a win-win for PR companies, wine organizations, and the wineries themselves, especially wineries that I usually deal with a lot of smallish wineries, that don't have the marketing dollars and a lot of them come back and say this was the best program I ever did because they didn't have to put out a whole lot of of time, energy and money, but what they got back was so much more.
1: And the cool thing too, if you are a small winery out there, and so many in Virginia are, you can team up with a group of fellow winemakers too, and do exactly. a do a Virginia wine program, just for an example. Because I know you had Vermont on. I know you're you're go you're you're aiming for Vermont this I'm year, I believe. Vermont, so yeah, let's yeah. talk of uh, if we can switch gears for a second sure. and talk a little bit about uh, some of your your lineup this year. Maybe give us a little sneak peek at what we can expect coming into 2017.
2: Yeah. So um, sherry. I mean, uh. sorry, I've been talking about sherry
1: for two years now, but that. It's not your grandmother's bingo wine, right?
2: (laughs) I have a whole program written on it. It's not not that easy, oddly enough, because Mm -hmm. that's probably going to be the most difficult because people just don't get it.
1: It's probably one of the most misunderstood wines out there, wouldn't you say? I
2: I agree, but I think it's going to be the most rewarding program for everyone involved because now they're going to come back and say, I now get sherry because of Wine Studio.
1: It's like this epiphany, right? This uh aha. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tasmania. So cool. Um, now, I've only had sparkling from Tasmania. Pinot Noir, obviously. Mm, okay. oh, God.
2: It it's, it's ethereal. I mean, the, the alcohol is so low. It, it's just, God. But
1: we'll, we'll get that. Do you that. think that's going to be one of the uh, hot pinot spots? I mean, is that kind of one of your predictions moving forward? <sighs> hot I mean, pinot spots.
2: Um, could be. I hope not. I think, I, I think it's just going to be a nice discovery for people. Okay. Um, we don't want That's to what flood it's all about. Anyone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a nice intention. Right. Well, because we always,
1: we, we just tend to see that, and that's why the word trend can be mm-hmm. a little bit difficult um, for a consumer perspective or winemaker perspective. Yeah. But when you looked at how popular, like New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs were mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get the market saturated, mm-hmm. and you have producers coming in and planting mm-hmm. that may not know much about wine, but they're like, oh, there's a money to be made here. Yeah. And then the quality level goes down. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of this, this cycle. It's yeah. really.
2: Tasmania, I mean, look what happened to Australia. Right. Yeah, and yet Tasmania yeah. um, was not touched by that.
1: Yeah, so when you, you know, look at Yellowtail, for example, we were just talking about uh, Australia, and yes. I think we had a couple of those really, there's a couple others too, some really big brands, and there's no, I mean, if you like drinking that, and you know, enjoy the wine. We're not wine shaming anybody on the show, obviously. We want to help you explore new territory, new terroir, and explore, you know, your palate and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but when you have these mass-produced wines... Um, it tends to affect the entire reputation of a region.
2: Correct. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And that's
1: kind of where trend gets dangerous, bringing it back full circle yep. to earlier. That's where trends get dangerous. Same thing with sideways and everyone was Pinot. Oh, well, we're going to wrap up all our Merlot and plant Pinot. Hmm. Well, Pinot may not go grow so well in those Merlot sites. Right. And so it, it is, it yeah. So Tasmania is very exciting, excited to learn more yeah. about that. And uh, what else?
2: I think we're going um, uh, to hit Chenin Blanc. I think we're going to hit Chenin Blanc because, um, you know, Chenin, it runs the gamut of completely bone-dried or ridiculously sweet. Mm-hmm. And, again, I don't think a lot of people understand that.
1: That's one of my favorite wines. Yeah. I just love Chenin. Uh, I love Sauvignon from uh, Loire. Just, yeah. uh, it's just such a beautiful yeah. wine, nice, yeah. rich, lush Yeah. You know, it's people I think are either, they don't really understand it, or they think just Bouvray, or they think sweet. Correct. And there's so many different styles with great acidity.
2: Yep. Sparkling, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Nova Scotia. And good values, too. Oh, good value. Good value, Yeah, yeah. Nova Scotia Nova Scotia Beyond yeah. Beyond Dessert Wines
2: Beyond Oh yeah Beyond Dessert Wines um, That may be a little difficult uh, I'm still looking for importers So any importers out there Please contact me Okay um, That's going to be hot I think
1: that's And speaking hot. of contact i let you finish your rundown A second But mm-hmm. I know we haven't given people Your contact information yet So I certainly oh, don't want to forget yeah. About that So why don't you Let's share that, that? Um, so, yeah, you can always find me on Twitter, hashtag Wine Studio,
2: um, on other social media channels, Wine Studio Tina, and uh, my website, winestudio.tina.weebly.com.
1: Okay, wonderful. WineStudioTina.Weebly.com, exactly. and you've got all the information for participants as well as sponsors for the program. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, so we talked about uh, we talked Tasmania, we talked Nova Scotia, all over the place, over the place yeah, which is so crazy. cool. It's which is crazy. so cool. Any uh, other? Any uh, in sherry? Um, and, yeah, you know. So
2: um, my husband and I, he's always wanted to take me to Greece. He's been to Greece several times. Okay. And he said, "Let's let's go to Greece." And I said. Yes, it's let's when go let's to pack Greece. let's pack our bags.
1: <laughs> well, it's really interesting. We're seeing it, and I hate to get back to that word. And it's funny when you have a word in your mind; it's so hard to get rid of. But that word, trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greece makes fantastic wines. Yes. And in fact, when you look at history, that's where some of the first wines were ever made. But they've kind of had a bad reputation over the past couple of decades in quality. And some of the whites from that area are just yeah. stunning, yes. perfect, especially you know with seafood as you're yes. heading into well, later, hopefully it'll get warm again. You know, we're in the midst of winter, but hopefully it'll get warm again soon. Um, but yeah, some really, really tremendous values coming from Greece, yeah. and it's not all that Retsina that some of you may be familiar yeah. with from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: another so, uh, uh,
1: Lembrisco, a um, yes. favorite of mine. Another Just, understood wine. Yeah, Misunder- yeah, misunderstood, misunderstood, excuse me. Yeah,
2: um, and especially for people on the East Coast um, you know, who like their sweet reds, this could be uh, a go-to wine for them. And of course, Lembrisco can be... Dry as well, so mm-hmm. that's something else. That and I, we think uh, we think of mm-hmm.
1: sparkling Lambrusco too. there's yeah, so so yummy. Yeah, very
2: yeah. yummy. Oh.
1: And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes wine is not supposed to be overanalyzed. It's just supposed to be good.
2: You just want to pop a bottle and yes. you want to down it. Yes. I mean, honestly, people. Lord, yes. Let's dump it it's it's
1: so you know it's so funny, Tina. And you you probably can relate to this too, <laughs> being in the wine industry. And you know, I think people sometimes look to us and they're like, "Oh, you're the wine expert. You know everything, and you're going to analyze everything." And I'm intimidated by you sometimes. And it's like, no, we're normal people, and we just want to. We love to explore. I, I I'm I'm very curious. And I spent most of my adult life in journalism, you know, before I started the becoming a sommelier and getting in the wine industry. And uh, I just, I'm very curious, and I think that every single wine has a story to be told. And I think that's kind of a cool thing about wine.
2: I think so too. I'm finding that the more I know, the the less I know. um, Yes, it's humbling.
1: It's actually, you know, the grape is very humbling. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. so fluid. There's so many areas to explore. They actually say the Master of Wine and the Master sommelier Psalm test is, are some of the hardest tests in the world. Mm-hmm. And I always like to joke around. It's not that we're saving lives, but I think we're enriching them one sip at yeah. a time. Oh,
2: that's good. I that's like kind that. of my
1: moniker. I like that. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, anything else you want to let everyone know before we, uh, we're actually running out of time? So.
2: Well, let's see. Um, just get out there, explore, rediscover. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you remember hearing about something years ago, Look to it again. You yeah. never know because things things change. They get mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um, they get worse. They get better.
1: You know. Well, I think techno- You know, we talk about just technology in yeah. general and uh, just general wine knowledge and technology mm-hmm. and you know even changing out older barrels and planting grapes in the right spot. I mean, even even with Virginia, we're seeing a renaissance over the past couple of decades because we're yeah. learning what grows well here. Yeah, exactly. And those are yeah. big, big fundamental things that can really change the public perception yeah. of your wine. I agree. Well, it's been so much fun having you on as always. Yeah. I appreciate it. We're going to go finish our little bottle of Tietman mm-hmm. sang from Michael Schapps and maybe even uh, maybe get some goat cheese rolled herbs to Provence. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in to Crystal Palette's Wine Country. Uh, head over to crystalpalette.com for more sips, tips, and perfect pairings. And if you'd like to uh, be a guest on the show, if you're in the industry, or if you have any questions we can answer on an upcoming program, please send me an email at crystalcrystalpalette.com at or find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And tune into Wine Studios. Uh, hashtag Wine Studio on Twitter on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers to an amazing 2017 filled with health, happiness, and new wine discoveries. Cheers.